welcome to our next episode of Mobility Wire podcast. Our KPMG podcast series covering a range of mobility topics from remote work to talent and business strategies, also looking at tax implications, just to name a few. In this episode, we will discuss the findings from a recent survey we conducted with the American Payroll Association. We'll take a look at some of the key employer trends in the remote work world and what it means from an employment tax perspective. Joining me today are my colleagues, John Montgomery, a partner in an employment tax practice, and Anne Darcy, a principal who leads our global business travel practice. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Thank you. Hi, everyone. All right. So why don't we get this show on the road? John, I'll start with you. Based on the 2021 remote work multi-state payroll reporting survey that we just conducted, we found that more than 81% of employers will allow for some sort of remote or hybrid work arrangement in the future. In your mind, what are the top tax and payroll issues that you see coming to the forefront? Thanks, Shepra. Um, Certainly, this is a a very large topic that everyone is dealing with. Uh, I think the largest issues we're seeing in payroll are knowing where our employees are, um, whether that's going to be in a full remote or hybrid model, um, and knowing where we are, not just that they may be remote working from home, but they could be remote working from anywhere that may not be in their primary residence, and the importance of knowing where their employees are so they could then take the next step of determining what the payroll issues are. On the domestic side, there are a number of states that have specific rules around telecommuting and de minimis thresholds that are going to require employers to source wages and withhold if the employee is working there a number of days or if offices are open and they're working from home for their own convenience, whether a telecommuting regulation would apply. I think both domestically and internationally, um, when we've got employees that are are working remote, we also have to take into consideration a lot of non-payroll issues around state nexus, um, permanent establishment, credit issues, and a number of other topics that are the result of our employees working remotely. So so knowing where they are and how to gather that information is going to be a, a key strategic point for employers in the future. That's excellent advice. Uh, In fact, you touched upon something that's been top of mind in all of our discussions so far is the New York convenience of the employer rules and and, and some of the other states have it as well. What guidance would you give to our listeners today on how should they approve uh, or approach uh, reviewing their obligations and managing the complexity around differing state regulations as it relates to payroll withholding? Sure. And the telecommuting, also known as convenience of the employer rules, um, are difficult to navigate. Prior to 2020, there were five states that had these rules in place. Um, New York is the most aggressive. They're the ones that most people know about. Um, And just as a basic background, it states that if the employee is working from home for their own convenience rather than for the convenience of the employer, that unless the employee's home office can be deemed a bona fide work location, the employer is going to to have to continue to 
consider that work day at home as if it were worked in New York for sourcing and taxation purposes. So an employer really will have to, when we're looking at our overall policy and strategy, will have to work the tax rules into that to say if we are going to be allowing hybrid and remote work, we need to go through the rules in New York to see do we need to start splitting up wage allocations between the two states if they if the employee's home office is a bona fide work location or if not we need to source it and withhold a hundred percent in New York but we probably need to involve our HR and marketing and recruiting um, and make sure we've got a lot of FAQs and we're explaining this to employees of course, in the tax world, we're very familiar with these rules, but outside of the tax world, um, you know, most employees are, are not in tune with the, the tax regulations that, unfortunately, an employer has to to follow the nuances of, which could affect, um, you know, the employee's pay. And, and while we specifically often talk about New York, there are four other states that have telecommuting and convenience rules. In addition, there are a number of localities that have non-resident and telecommuting regulations when we look to Ohio, Philadelphia, Wilmington, um, St. Louis. So although New York is kind of at the forefront of these convenience rules, um, they certainly are, are not the only one. And this complexity throughout, throughout the country um, is, is becoming more and more difficult for employers to manage, which is why the the strategy process um, and implementation of knowing where our employees are is so important. Very well said. And actually, I'll ask this question of you. I know you spent decades in helping companies manage their business travel risks uh, within the U.S. and outside. And we are finding, just like Monty was talking about, we're finding there's a lot of commonality between the risks that existed in the BT world and now that are coming up in the hybrid work world. Uh, what practical guidance would you share with our listeners around policy thresholds, processes, et cetera, that they should consider? Thank you for aging me, Shipra. Um, <laughs> I do feel like I've been working for decades. Um, um, I agree totally. Uh, a lot of these issues are kind of crossover with what companies have been dealing with in relation to their business travelers. And I would say that the companies that already have BT programs in place are kind of embracing what John talked about, the payroll compliance, et cetera, around remote and hybrid workers better than some of the clients who have not. Um, a lot of the companies we're talking to at the moment are coming to us struggling with their policy and process, but when we actually talk to them, we realize they actually have, unbeknownst to themselves, decided on what their policy and process is. They just are overwhelmed by what's going on, the pandemic, uh, senior leadership trying to kind of release statements on what our future of flexibility is going to be. So, you know, really, I think if, if they just stood back, looked at what they've been doing today, document that as their policy and process, they have to start somewhere and then try and be consistent with that. So, you know, a lot of companies are still um, allowing exceptions and exceptions have become the norm during COVID. I think we now need to start looking at, right, we have a kind of precedent here. Let's document what our policy and process has been and let's apply that consistently going forward as we kind of start getting more into how we operationalize that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and that's excellent advice. There is one more aspect I think that we come across in our discussions with a number of companies. It's just the sheer volume that they're dealing with, right? Business Traveler, again, was limited to 
a subset of, of the workforce in an organization. And now, obviously, hybrid work situations are pretty much applicable to every person in the organization. Uh, it is very difficult. Once they do have their policy and processes in place, it is still very difficult to manage it on a one-off basis or manual basis or use the same kind of processes that they were using in, in, in the world before hybrid became the norm. Um, so what would be your recommendations or what are you seeing around technology-based solution that are helping our companies um, manage the, the risk as it relates to hybrid work situations and connecting that to payroll systems and reporting and withholding requirements? Um, so I'll go back to the companies that already have been doing something around business travelers. Um, I think looking at them, um, they are looking to leverage what they already have in place from a tracking perspective, right? John's talked about tracking. You've kind of mentioned tracking there. That is kind of key to definitely the state to state piece, right? Um, so a lot of those companies have kind of, you know, either customized or used what they have in place to now manage remote workers. It probably requires a bit more effort from the employee because with business travel, as we know, we could get the corporate travel information directly and not have to bother the employee. So, so they're dealing with that, but what they're missing is this kind of employee intake, right? So I think when we're looking at an end-to-end -end solution going forward, adding that employee piece on the front end, which we've seen you know, some of the companies like Workday come out and, and they're kind of starting to build that in. And then other companies are starting to build that internally or, you know, we're building it in our technology as well. So that's kind of one of the key elements that is coming into play now, this employee front end where they can go in and say, I'm hybrid, I'm this many days a week or I'm this percentage um, in the office and this percentage at home. So that's definitely coming as an end to end and that definitely will help with the U.S. state to state piece. Um, internationally, I think it's always more around um, getting the remote requests in, figuring out, putting them through the different stakeholders to get to a yes or no. So again, from a technology point of view, a lot of that can be automated, right? So if a company has their policy and process in place, that intake from the employee where they say, hey, I'm this person, I want to go here from this state to this state, you know, we can build technology around that to automate that response. So it's not clogging up the inbox of a lot of the client contacts we're dealing with who are really overwhelmed. And then from a tax perspective, obviously, you can get a risk assessment, which can also lead to automatic approval if there's no risk involved with that remote work request. So, you know, it's really around just getting something in place that's helping these requests or the hybrid kind of state-to-state -state allocation just moving through your systems in a way that's um, streamlined an easy employee experience and then helps facilitate the employer compliance. That makes a lot of sense. So just to summarize, is intake process, there's knowing where employees are, and then linking both that both those pieces of information to actually payroll allocation for appropriate withholding. That's that's great. On that note, actually, I want to ask you one closing question. If you had to each give one practical suggestion to our listeners today, what would that be? How should they manage payroll obligations as it relates to hybrid and remote workers? Monty, you want to go first? Sure. I think um, practical suggestions, I think one, make sure you're involving kind of the broader tax department in in decisions so that you can determine are 
you know, are we registered for taxes in these states? Are we, do we already have Nexus? What, what are the implications of now having employees working hybrid or full-time remote in these other locations, whether domestic and then certainly the, the issues around international and trying to get that information beforehand? Um, and I think also as a practical suggestion, just a lot of FAQs and information to employees because you want them to understand the rules and the obligations that we as an employer have to do because it, it is affecting their paycheck. I think especially in the U.S. where you have employees who might be working remotely or in a hybrid situation in a state that has a lower or no tax, um, it tends to to cause a lot of questions um, if we don't have that information out to them in advance. Yeah, I think from my point of view, I think it goes back to what I said earlier, you know, document what you've been doing that can form the basis for your policy going forward. Um, you know, don't be overwhelmed. I think the quicker you get your hands around it and kind of get these operational processes in place, the better. Setting up payroll can take time. So back to Monty's point on the FAQs, you know, we're in tax season now. A lot of our clients have communicated what they actually did do for the prior tax year so employees know when they're going to file their tax returns. So I think it's just documenting policy and then this bit about employee communication is key so that they're not inadvertently getting themselves or you as the employer in trouble. Excellent advice. Thank you so much. Thank you, Anne. Thank you, Mondi, for joining us today. In future episodes, we'll continue to address top-of-mind issues of interest to our listeners. In the meantime, we would love to hear from you. If you have thoughts on today's episode or ideas for future episode, please send us an email at us-taxwatch at kpmg.com. One final thanks to our audience for listening in today. Thank you. <laughs>